Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. And what, what, has, what has spurred this particular topic is things like this last week that you maybe watched on television called the presidential debate, okay? I don't know if you're watching that or whatever. And I'm not going to get political. Uh, I know some would like me to get political. I'm not going to get political or talk left or right or anything like that. But it, it seems as I'm listening and tuning in and reading and all of that, that nobody trusts anybody, wants to believe anybody, wonders, there's conspiracy theories all over. There's stuff that we're going, what is fact? What is true? What is not fact? What is wrong? And we're all going, what do we believe? What, what is it we, what is it we, you know, is it, who's telling us the truth? Is it the president? Is it, is it um, this news station? What? is it? And what I love about the kingdom is there's really not much gray. The kingdom of God gives us things, handlebars that we can grab onto, and when, when everything around us is going crazy, we can come back to true north. And you can look and you can see what God says or thinks or wants to do in our culture, and even in your life. And, and what's incredible about today, okay, so I was, I, this is really weird. If you were to tell me beginning in 20, 2020 that I would be standing or sitting in the sanctuary, the auditorium today, around round tables, and that I would have spent months without anybody in here, I'd be like, you're crazy. What? And then I have wrestled a little bit of like stinking thinking about what's taking place in culture. And you know what's been, the Lord has been saying? He's been saying, what do you think they went through in the Bible times? What are the things, what is the things that, where did prophets emerge from? Crisis, struggles, all of that. People that were going, wait a second, man, people were being carried off into what captivity? Last I've seen, none of us are being carried off into captivity. Some of you go, well, it's getting ready to happen. See, see, we live in a time in which biblical times are here, present, and it's not just past. We live in biblical times. We live in times in which the Holy Spirit is actively working, doing something transformative. And we can, so, so when all of a sudden we see in Washington last week, there was some assembly of hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm looking at that going, I, you, you read in the Bible about Nehemiah and Ezra, and all of a sudden they come out and they bring the scrolls out in Solomon, and they're having this assembly, and they begin to read scripture, and people begin to weep because they're hearing the word of God. And they're assembling. God is calling. I mean, there's worship moments going all, all across the United States and around the world and calling people to pray, fast, sacred assemblies. This is biblical stuff. You live in a day where God is 
Honestly, he's soon to send his son back, soon for the church at some point, hopefully soon, to be raptured. You live in this day. And if, there's, if this doesn't start firing us up, what would it take? Captivity? What would it take? Captivity? So our Heavenly Father, I believe he's, he's been pushing and, and, and leading me and more often pushing me to, to seek him in a greater, more dynamic way and be tuned into what is taking place. And I pray that over you today. And I wonder in this room, and I'm not asking for a show of hands, I wonder who is wrestling depression, fear, anxiety, whatever. And I want you to know that I've been praying for you, maybe not by name because I don't know, but if you send me a text, I will pray over you and pray God will continue to strengthen you. Church, you're here in this hour because God is wanting to do something in and through you, if you will allow him. If you will allow him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? This is, this is good. And, and, and so the kingdom, we're looking at a kingdom of truth. And, and when, when we, Angel, when we were raising our, our children, and I don't know that you ever stop, you know, speaking into them at some level, but in our home, one of the things I talked about last week of how we had certain rules and so forth, one of the big ones was we'll be a home that tells the truth, that speaks honestly, and when I ask you something, you're going to tell me the truth, you're going to tell me the half-truth, what are you going to do? And if you didn't, this is Angel's prayer, and she would pray this over our children many a day, oh God, please reveal to me when my kids are lying to me. And it would, be, it would be incredible. All of a sudden, the Lord would reveal to Angel something, and she'd go to Sam. Yep. And would say, hey, I, and, and our children got to the point where they're like, who's telling you? It's incredible how God can reveal truth into the life of people that pursue it. But we had in our home, if you didn't tell the truth, here, what you wouldn't get is you would not get blessing and rewards and ice cream, and treats, and bonuses, you, because what? You were being dishonest. Honesty is a big thing. In the kingdom, truth is a big thing. And if you think about your house and foundation, I don't know if you've ever had something where, if, if you can imagine your foundation of your house, and the house being built, how good is the house if the foundation isn't strong? Right? How good is, how, how, how strong is the house if the foundation is cracked, whatever? And erosion, this is how I would, this is how I would speak to today the opposite of truth, which is lies, in which if you look at foundation, what I have found that these things called lies Eventually, what they do is they erode and erode and erode. And, and if you've ever had something where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't going to affect this house for the next 15 years. But what happens in 15 years come by and you're like, oh, it's devastating. Lies versus truth. Lies are like erosion on the foundation of your life. 
And what happens is that little by little, eventually, if left unchecked and unchecked and aligned and, don't, and you don't apply truth, what happens is that eventually the house crumbles. And if there's ever a day that we are needing to understand the difference, it is now. Because right now, a lot is going on. And the kingdom of God lives by truth. Lies, little by little, bring erosion. And so I'm going to contrast this here. Lies versus truth. Anybody ever lie? Yeah, you lie at times. And hopefully, you're lying less today than you did yesterday. Right? You, yeah, and, and, and so lying is either telling what is untrue or not telling all the truth, you know? That's why when you go into the court of law, you place your hand on the Bible, what do you say? I swear, truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, right? We, it's because you could come in and you could say something that sounds true, but it's not what the whole truth. It's not the whole truth. In John's gospel... Jesus says roughly 40 times, I tell you the truth, some, or some variation of that phrase. And in one heated debate with religious leaders, Jesus even said, you, you belong to your father, the devil. Go ahead and put that verse up in, in John 8, 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. And when Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So if you're wondering why all of this stuff is going on, it's because of things that are obviously in, the, in what I've ta- talked about for some time, the unseen realm. It's influencing what's taking place. And so he says this to these leaders, and when we don't speak truth, which is reality, as we know God has given it to us, we are not representing the kingdom of God. And so... The kingdom, here we go, kingdom of darkness. I, I decided to, to dig in a little bit and go, okay, what are some things that we culturally are wrestling with? Break it down and then contrast it to truth. Here we go. The kingdom of darkness lives by flattery. Flattery. And flattery can get you dates and mates. Flattery can get you, to, you know, your, your kids dessert. You know, you can go to mom and dad and, you know, we have a dog... Um, named Stanley, and Stanley looks up at you with his beautiful, he could have just chewed the chair completely, I mean, it's everything off, and he looks up at us, and we're like, do you want a dog biscuit? <laughs> Flattery can get you things that you want employee raises, and it feels good, and people, as far as we can do this in buttering up people, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder if you've ever used flattery with somebody. I wonder if, if you are um, looking for people to think that you really are for them and really all you're doing is trying to butter them up to get your favorable results. But the kingdom of God is this, Psalm 12, verse 2. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips but harbor deception in their hearts. As I understand flattery, it is insincere and excessive praise intended to manipulate. 
And uh, there are times where I wish people would do a little bit more flattery. I'm just fleshly speaking. Like I had, a, I had a friend in college. If I wore a tie and it was ugly, he would just say, that is the ugliest tie I've ever seen. I'm like, you can't like butter me up here or something? Come on. Flattery. Insincere and excessive praise intended to manipulate. In the kingdom of God, here's the opposite. Lives by the gift of encouragement. It's this motive of our heart. It's kingdom encouragement intended to build you up. When, when and just to understand a little bit about, about how this encouragement works, I'm speaking into one of you to build you up to benefit you. When I am flattery and I'm bringing something that's a little bit left or right and I'm bringing, what I'm doing is I'm building you up to benefit me. And in our culture, in the kingdom, our Heavenly Father is saying, what are you doing to speak into the life of people not for any return for you, but for the purpose of benefiting them? That is kingdom. That is the kingdom of God. Kingdom of darkness then, number two. So flattery, number two. I've come to understand deception. Um, that the kingdom of darkness lives by this, and deception twists what is the truth into a weapon of harm and destruction. Deception is a big one. It's all around us, right? Every day. Open the news. Read books. Talk, you know, whatever uh, that you're watching or, or, or listening to. Deception. It's, here's the idea. Harm and destruction. Cheating in school. Half-truth on resumes. False, falsifying reports at work. Double-billing clients, reporters, with an agenda uh, versus reporting the truth. Politicians skewing everything. Have you ever skewed the story? Have you, have you ever omitted something that might make you look bad and including something that might make somebody else look bad and you're going, well, they look bad, but I look good. Deception. It can be very subtle. So we construct these stories. I have actually met with Christians that have said, well, we're, we have the Spirit of God in us and we're too clever to be deceived. All I know is this, is God calls you in the Word, Jesus called you children for a reason. Faith. You love Jesus and you're willing to do things for the kingdom. You love and you serve, and all of that. But our Heavenly Father knows that you're to be what? Wise as serpents, as gentle as doves, but you can be skewed into believing something if you're not dialed into what our Heavenly Father is saying through His Word. In, in, I mean, Genesis 3 is a classic case, and I'm not going to teach through that. But Genesis 3 is, is our, you know, man, first man and woman, they what? They were deceived catapulted into sin, cast out of the garden. So deception. My prayer for us as the church is that we will grow to understand what is deceiving and deception and what is the truth. The opposite here is full truth at all times. The kingdom of God lives by full truth at all times intended to do what? Reveal your relationship with God. It's childlike faith versus childish. And childlike faith, faith takes God as his word. 
But when you're childish, you can easily, easily be lured into something. And when we don't practice deception, and the world sees that we don't practice deception, it reveals kingdom, and it is something that is meant to be enticing for people to go, why is it that everybody lives this way, but you live this way? Deception. Kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness lives by, third, slander and libel. Malicious, false information. Um, that, so, so here you have slander, which is what? Words spoken that are what? Untrue. Libel is written words. Somebody creates a case, lawyer, whatever, to, to take you out. This is, this is uh, spinning around us constantly. People decide that someone is their enemy, and they build a case. Leviticus 19.16 says... Leviticus 19.16 says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I'm the Lord. Don't practice this. This is, this is if you're going to go about spreading slander, that's not kingdom. That's very much opposite. And false witnesses. And if, and if you wonder if, if we will face this as we continue to go forward in our lives, at times, even false witnesses stepped up against Jesus. They spoke and slandered, and they, they said things that were untrue. And the kingdom of God lives by slanderous stuff. No, no. Lives by being a witness and testifying to the truth. In fact, I love this verse, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Why is this big? Do you remember what Peter did when he was questioned about Jesus? I have no clue who he is. I have never been around him. I don't know. I have, please, leave me alone. Don't know the man. Never had interaction with the man. Totally. And you're going, wait a second. He's lying. And he's, what, the head of the church? Come on, we're supposed to be the head of the church? What happens? The Holy Spirit comes upon him, and things begin to shift, and literally, he becomes a witness and testimony to the truth. The reality is, is this. The kingdom of God cannot be lived out unless you are filled and full of the Spirit of God working in and through your life. You are incapable of, I have come to the conclusion that if I don't walk by the Spirit, live in the Spirit, be dialed into the Word of God, I will lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, slander, whatever. But when the Spirit of God is on and in and working through us, what happens? The kingdom of God is lived out. And so some of you are going, well, I did this this week. I did this this week. This week, what, am I going to hell? No but you need to call into check and bring forth to God that which you've been speaking out and saying things, whatever it is that you've been doing, and ask for the Spirit of God to so fill you so that you can be what? This witness to the world. Look at Acts 5.32. We are witnesses of these things, and so the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. We are witnesses, like James 5.12. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear 
not by heaven or earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. In fact, don't get into, ah, uh, maybe later, maybe, maybe I'll, you know. And what happens is that many words, maybe you've heard the statement that loose lips sink ships. In the kingdom of God, what we are to do is think and process what we are to say and say it in a way that honors our, our Lord. Let your yes be yes. Otherwise, what? There can be condemnation. So in our culture, as I've, as I've been reading, we have an opportunity to slander people immediately. I can slander you now. I can Twitter, put it out, and say, Bill did. Dan said. You know, Lon is. And I can put it out there immediately in our culture with this opportunity to slander people instantly through social media. I like what Rick Warren said about communication, Pastor Rick. He said, in our culture, it's instant, emotional without having all the, all the facts, constant, we can lie anytime, anywhere, global. Once we post the lie, it's available to my brothers or sisters or people around the globe. Permanent. Once on the web, our lie can live on and do damage forever. You are seeing this lived out every day of your life with everything that is going around you, going on around you. This is not kingdom. This stuff where that lie we post, damaging forever, not kingdom. And kingdom witnesses remember this, Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. And so I, uh, I've come to the understanding as I continue, and some of you are way even way further down the road than me and, and much wiser. But even if your words are factual, I've come to the conclusion that as many times that I've spoken factual things where my heart is wrong, my motives are ungodly, and its purpose is to harm even though it's true. That's not kingdom. We're to live differently. In the kingdom of God, we are witnesses for good. So, to bring glory to God for our neighbors, for the people around us, we're not going to slander. We're not going to write false statements. We're the kingdom of God. Kingdom of darkness lives by, number four, condemnation. And condemnation is it's a lot like getting the flu. You know at some point... If you live long enough, you're probably going to get the flu. You're going to be around somebody, and, and, and suddenly you feel like a shell of yourself. You don't feel normal. And normally, you can't normally predict when you'll get hit with a bug, but you know it's going to happen. And we can be just, just fine, and all of a sudden, one day, so literally, I can be doing good today, and tomorrow driving down the road, and something comes in, and all of a sudden, my thoughts begin to shift, and I feel like what? I'm no good. I, I don't even know how I could call myself a Christian. Do you know I meet people that are Christians all the time that go, 
I'm not even sure that I'm a Christian or saved. You know what that is? It's condemnation from the enemy trying to pour into you that you are no good. That you are no good. And the kingdom of God lives very differently. It lives by conviction. It's what the Holy Spirit gives us in the kingdom of God. It helps us to know and walk in God's will. And its condemnation has been sin and shame, as I understand it, from your past. And it's not kingdom. It's from your enemy. He's bringing it your way. And you know what often happens is he uses conduits, people, to often bring it up and throw it in your face. And, and our Heavenly Father, in the midst of all that's spinning around in all the lies and slander and deception and flattery and, and all of these types of things, the condemnation, he wants, you to, he wants you to know that if you've given your life to him, your sins past, present, and future are taken care of. This is huge. This is huge. And he's forgiven you. And when, and, and, and I know, I know what we're thinking because I, I'm bombarded with condemnation where the enemy will try to come in and say, well, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not responsible for our sin, right? We are responsible for it, but we're not condemned. Walking in that grace then what does that grace do? When you understand that and the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, that grace makes you want to what? Get intimate and know your creator and know the grace and know the love and know the compassion. So Jesus is forgiven and the truth is, Romans 8, 1, there's what? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That... I know, I, I, that should be a whole painting in and of itself, a whole message. But understand that. We live, we live and we're convicted about certain things, but not condemned. Number five, kingdom of darkness lives by a negative narrative. And why do I, how do I know this? Because most of us are wired negative. And it takes the Holy Spirit to rewire you positive. And some of you are going... Well, he needs to do a lot more rewiring, okay? And, if you, and, and culture, influenced by the demonic, loves to frame everything into what a negative narrative. It's almost to the point where I can't palate it. It's almost to the point where I read about political campaigns. I meet with people that are going through divorces. I've gone through and faced church fights. And it's probably, it's way more bitter and nasty than you, could, than you could ever imagine. And Jesus knew a whole lot about negative narratives. In fact, John 8, 41, what I read there at the beginning, you, you are doing the works of your own father. We, oh, and this is huge. Let me, let me read, let me read this um, one to you. He's meeting with religious leaders, Jesus, and they're, they're talking to him about you know, life and, and the kingdom and all of that. And, and all of a sudden, they say to Jesus, you are doing the works of your, of your own father. We are not illegitimate children. You know what they just did? They said, 
that his birth and his mother Mary was what? It, was, it, it wasn't, it, it, literally, she's a horror. And Jesus knew that. He's going, how would you like it if, if that was said to you? You are an illegitimate child. You'd be like, come on. And they protested. This is the stuff, the negative stuff that comes in that the enemy wants to bring in. And the teachers go to Mark 3.22. The teachers of the law came down from Jerusalem. And he said, they said, Jesus is possessed by Beelzebul, by the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. <laughs> okay. Jesus had negative narrative coming his way all the time. And he was a man that walked innocently, loved, served, healed, set free, all of that, and they're, and they're bringing this negativity. Negativity is bred out of hell. Do you understand? The negative wiring is in a wiring of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is doing something powerful, and he wants us to understand that literally he's going to bring... Now, you go, you go well, wait a second. There was, there was, you know, judgments and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about negative thinking and twisting like this, Matthew eleven nineteen. 19. The Son of Man came eating and drinking... And they said what? He's a glutton and a drunk and a friend of people that are sinners and tax collectors. But wisdom is proved right by our deeds. That's what they said. Um, how would you like to be called a drunk and a loser and a glutton and somebody that sits with people that are corrupt? That's called the headlines for Fox News. That's not kingdom. Do you know, because we're so inundated with this, do you know we probably can't differentiate a lot of it? And I posted some weeks ago, maybe some months ago, I wonder if the news is discipling you more than the word. What you consume, what you read and see and listen to and all of that, becomes your obsession and before you know it you you morph into something that doesn't look kingdom at all social media blogs or skewed media has existed since i mean jesus day and i mean think about i broke down in social media blogs and skewed media in Jesus' day, most would wrongly assume his mother was a lying con artist who raised a demon-possessed alcoholic son pretending to be a spiritual, a spiritual as part of a great one-world order deception. That's, that's the stuff that's put out there. That's the stuff put out in the headlines and the news and scrolling through, and you're reading everything, and you're going, wow, I didn't know about Jerry Falwell Jr. I didn't know that this person did or that person did, and we consume that stuff. And what happens in the kingdom of God, this is what, what, what needs to happen in the kingdom of God, is these things should take us 
into intimacy with the Father because we want to see breakthrough begin to occur so that people are what? Set free, delivered, healed, transformed, changed, you name it. It's not acceptable for us to go, wow, what a loser Christian that person was. Wow, what a loser boss that person was. Wow, they had how many affairs? They embezzled how much money? They did what? And they did, okay? That, that may be true. But when was it okay for us to look at them and just go, away? That's not kingdom. The kingdom of God is broken over the hurt, the lies, the deception, and even more so over your brother and sister in the Lord. And if we can't love and help our own, what are we going to do? The kingdom lives by a positive narrative that believes the best in people. And if the narrative is negative for people, we in the kingdom of God pray that God will turn things around for his glory and for the transformation of the person or persons in the story. Man, this is, this is king. Okay, last. The kingdom of darkness lives by gossip. Lives by gossip. In an age of social media and technology, the most common form of lying and false witness is this. Okay, so let me read to you 1 Timothy 5, 13 through 15. And I've, yeah, godless gossipers, verse 13, make it a habit of being idle. And not only do they become idlers, they become gossiping busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to, giving the enemy an opportunity for what? Slander, which is falsehood, false narrative, all of that. And gossiping is news that is not mine to tell. And talking about people rather than talking to them is probably big for the church. This is huge. Gossiping involves people who are not part of the problem. Angel and I have talked about this for years with our children. If you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, you shouldn't be talking about it. But because, but because we get inundated and we're bombarded by other thoughts and ideologies and all that type of stuff, we don't even realize that that's become our mojo. That's become who, what we do and who we are, and we just we do it, and we don't think that, that we're something contrary to the kingdom. We're, we're, we're like, it's just kind of what we do in our culture. And if, huh, if, if this is part of our lives, it's time to recalibrate. And so, sometimes gossip says things that aren't true, but more often... I've come to the conclusion it's not that things aren't true or true, it's just that they should not be said. They just shouldn't be said. And we, and we think before we speak in the kingdom and we pray and we ask God to help us and we're not judging anybody. We're not going, wow, you're a gossiper, dude. You know, ma'am, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to light you. No, no, no. I light you up. I'm going to tell you how wrong you are. We're not going to... But, but I have come to the conclusion that gossip, gossiping is... Sharing damaging information that can hurt the other person and murder can kill the body, but gossip can destroy the reputation. And it's literally something that we as the kingdom of God need to live other than. And literally, I wonder if in your spheres of influence and your work environments or wherever it is, that, wherever it is in family, that literally if you go, I'm not going to engage that. Do you know it's okay for, for, for you to say kindly, go, hey, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not going to have this conversation. And somebody's like, well, who are you? I'm nobody, but I live in a kingdom. 
that doesn't hurt people. I live in a kingdom that loves people. I live in a kingdom that if you have done wrong, we come around you and we pray and we seek to get things right and we love you and it's enticing and it's magnetic when people go, wow, the church literally loves me even though I screwed up this, screwed up this, screwed up this, screwed up this. Yes, we love you because in the kingdom, that's what we do because that's the DNA of God. It's the DNA of God. Heart of God and the kingdom is that none would perish. The kingdom of God lives by facts. The fact is, people are messed up. You have issues, I have issues. And the kingdom of God is in the redeeming business, the healing business, the transformation business, the mending the broken. It's the heart of God. Let me read 2 Peter 3, 9. And this is so, 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 so good. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. But what is he with you? Yeah. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the kingdom. That is the way, if we are in the kingdom. couple other things to spare. I want want to speak this into you and for some uh, in the generation coming up, I want to speak this. Some have asked me about secrets versus surprises. Uh, I I think the analogy would be here, secrets are intended to harm. Secrets would be like somebody is sexually assaulted or, or molested and they're told, don't tell anybody. A surprise is something that you want to be told at the appropriate time. And why do I say that to you? Because some of you in here are perfectionists and you go, no, we never lie. And you think, that's really stupid. Some are going, that's really dumb. You know, surprises and secrets. Truthfully, to our children, they need to understand that secrets are intended to be harmful, but surprises are in something that's meant to be what? Come out at the appropriate time. It's meant to be known at the right time. Teach, teach our kids this stuff. Secrets and surprises. Um, some have asked about exaggerations, and you know, when you embellish or you make a funny point, and I love this because you go, is it okay to embellish and make funny points? Jesus did this all the time. Think about um, you know, like shoving a camel through the eye of a needle or pointing out the sawdust in someone's eye while ignoring the giant beam sticking out of your own eye. It's a fun way of making a point without trying to deceive, but there are times when exaggeration of the truth is an effort to deceive like a single guy telling a single woman, I make an income south of a million dollars. That's, in, so, so in the reality, he, he makes an income way south of a million dollars, okay? And she's going to be very disappointed when she finds out something else. Some of us, this, I've been caught in a dilemma of being forced to tell a lie or slander someone. And when Jesus faced this with the woman caught in adultery, so some have asked about this dilemma, being forced to tell a lie or to slander someone. Maybe you're in a situation, and he says in Proverbs 11, 12 to 13, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A go- gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. 
What I have come to the conclusion is, and I'm learning and growing in this, it would be better for you to be silent and not say anything. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. In those situations, and some, this is the last, some have asked about telling the truth when it would cause incredible harm. Well, we know in the Bible, biblical story, Pharaoh calling for the Egyptian boys to be killed. And here, Hebrews 11:23, and it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And so there's other stories in the Bible, Joshua 2, Rahab, and then the one personal one that I read growing up, uh, Corrie ten Boom, in the hiding place. If you've never read that book, it's really powerful, uh, World War II. And literally, they took and they created a hiding place to hide the Jews so that they would not be taken away to concentration camps. You understand that it is okay to lie when it is the enemy that is out to destroy nations and people and do evil. And some of you are going, "Uh uh-uh, you'd never lie. Please, let's use wisdom. Let's look at the scripture and understand what God is saying. And this, this is meant, that, anyway, this is, this is such kingdom stuff, that, but we the church have to get this because we're going to have people that are going to be asking us as you live your life, you're going to be being asked, what is it you think? How do you see? What does the Bible say? Be ready. Be ready to give reason for what's going on. Bow your heads and close your eyes and we're, we're done. Heavenly Father, this, this can be a pretty interesting topic because the reality is is if we wrestle with slander and we're somebody that likes to flatter and we 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 have we're negative with most things or whatever lord and we spin things help us oh god to help us god to come to you and say god take that which has been wrong and take it and remove that god and fill me, fill us fresh with your spirit. That we will be givers of hope and truth and righteousness. That God, we will be people that the world will look at and go, no, they're not perfect. And no, they, they, they have issues. But it seems like they're other than what is the norm. I wonder today if you wrestle with any of these and Jesus says bring it to me Heavenly Father free your church liberate your church to live out the kingdom value of truth and right so that God there may be people all around us that will follow you be set free healed, transformed, and God, your kingdom will advance. Especially in this hour of a lot of garbage dumping. Help us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Bow heads bowed and eyes closed. And online, those listening, if you don't know Jesus today, you can come. And you can find Jesus and find the kingdom and find hope and find truth and find life. If that's you, you can ask God to forgive you of your sins today. Come to Jesus and get your life on a path that literally will be transformative. That's you. All you got to do is just send me an email, info, newhope365.us. That's it.
info at newhope365.us. And we'll pray for you and watch as God does what only God can do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this day. Thank you for, God, what is in store for the week to come. You get the glory and honor, praise through us, children of the King in the kingdom. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.